Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. My name is Celia Kibler, and I'm your host. And I'm here today with Dr. Lisa Pion Berlin. She is CEO and president of Parents Anonymous, and she does so much to help kids through advocacy, research. They have helplines going on. They have resources, and we're going to hear all about it because she's here for you parents so that you can turn around and help your kids. And no better need for this right now. I mean, we need it all the time, but in the middle of all this COVID stuff going on and the... um, and all the expansion of positive cases and schools going back to distance learning. We're we're in it again, my friends. So I bring on Dr. Lisa to help you through it and learn from her wisdom. And uh, I'm excited to have you here, Dr. Lisa. Thanks so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. It's my pure pleasure to be on here. So first I want you to talk about, if you would, what can parents do to support their kids during COVID? You know, parents themselves are stressed out and I feel like they don't realize how much more stress a child has because they don't have a full understanding of it all. We have some amount of understanding, but kids really don't. And so what can they do to really support and help their kids through this kind of you know, um, inconsistent time? I think this is a very important question. And first of all, I want to preface it that each of your children are different people and you need to think about them as different people. So your approach with one child, no matter what their age is or their gender, okay, you know the personality of that child. Some kids are, things are just rolling off them. Some look like they want to sleep in your bed every night, okay, and hold your hand and look scared. So first and foremost, Parents, tune in. Tune in, don't tune out. And don't ignore, oh, well, they're just like that normally. So you need to really tune in. The first thing you need to do is ask them how they feel and make special time for each child. You can do that at family dinner. You say, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, everybody blows you off. Giving that individual time to that child when you're not on your phone, you're not working, you're not cooking dinner. Okay. You're sitting there with that child. So giving them that attention is number one and asking them, how are you feeling? Well, I don't know how to explain that. You know, and kids will blow you up. I'm fine. Fine, mom. Blah, 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 blah. Now, how are you really feeling? You know, how are you feeling today? What's going on with your week? What's going on with you to really be there to listen? You know, we got two of these. we got one mouth, but sometimes we use this a lot more than we use these two ears. 
So, and we need to use these two eyes. I always say eyes on the prize, watching those children to make sure if anything changes in their behavior, you're really checking in with them. So focusing on what it is you feel and acknowledging those feelings. I hear that you're feeling really sad. You can't go and play soccer. And this was gonna be the year that you were gonna go to the championship and you were gonna be the captain or whatever it was, whatever disappointments they're feeling, you wanna acknowledge the feelings they have. You don't wanna say, it's okay, I'm gonna kiss the boo-boo and it's all gonna go away. Because Absolutely. all human beings, if they don't get their feelings acknowledged or they don't even know how to express their feelings because they're too afraid to tell you why, they don't even, I'm just upset. What does that mean? I don't really know how to explain it, mom. I don't think you understand that. You know, whatever that is, you need to find a way to draw them out. I'm here to listen. I'm here to listen. You just keep saying that. I'm here to listen. What is it you're feeling or thinking? I don't know. I just want to show you this picture I did. It was project I did. Let them show you the picture. Maybe they can't focus on feelings, but you want to make it okay. Now, you as a parent, first and foremost, can be expressing your feelings. People are all worried. Oh, I don't want my kids to know I'm worried. I don't want them to know I'm upset. You don't have to give them details. But they should know you're human too, because when you model that behavior, it makes it safe for them to model that behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. Expressing their feelings, acknowledging their feelings, not trying to sweep them under the rug, tell them it's all going to go away tomorrow. It's all going to be perfect and fine because you're making promises that can't be kept. Not because you don't want them to be that way. We as parents want to kiss every boo-boo away. We want it to be that simple. When we kissed the boo-boo when they were really little, it didn't really make the cut go away. But, you know, the child smiled back at you. You smiled them. You talked about laughter and smiling. We need to do a whole lot more of that. It's free. It's cheap. And it works. Yeah. Secondly, and sometimes they don't even know how to express their feelings. Like, exactly. you know, you may say, how are you feeling? And they may say, I'm mad. And they're, you know, and you want to know more. And sometimes they don't even know how to explain them. But you've got to let them have those feelings. Right, and I love that one. Even when adults say I'm pissed off, it's like, okay, what's behind that? So what I'm talking about is the deep-seated things, sadness, loss, fear. Who's not afraid of the coronavirus? You know, I have a daughter coming home from a foreign country in a week, and I'm thinking like, she's coming, there's there's very little COVID where she lives. She's coming back to California where it's raging onward. We're going to have a curfew. We're going to have limitations. We already have some limitations, maybe not enough. And who's not worried about COVID? Oh my God, did that person walk by me? Did I wash right. my hands six times? Was that, was I around somebody who was around somebody who was around? How do you know? So um, once kids start to say they feel sad or they feel, um, you know, they don't have any friends anymore. Well, that's going to make anybody sad. They feel lonely. they're not going to use the word depressed unless they're older okay you need to let them express that first calling it what it is like you said where people are saying well i'm just pissed off my friend didn't you know face back facetime me back and i get ignored by everybody okay how does that make you feel what's that important i'm just pissed off at johnny because they didn't respond to me and susie you didn't do this it's like people talking about everything else but their feelings because it's much harder to talk about your feelings and you just got to kind of work with that. You know, when you're ready to talk about, does it make you sad? Well, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, it's okay. I get it, mom. It's okay. I don't want to worry you. And then people don't want to worry their kids. don't want to worry their parents. And they want to ignore their feelings. It's like, no, that's what I'm here for. I'm your mom. I'm your dad. I'm your grandma. I'm your auntie. 
I'm your, I'm the person raising you. I need you to tell me these things and I need to be here for you. So once kids start talking about the feelings, maybe they'll start crying. Maybe they'll have some kind of release. Maybe they need to explore it even deeper. You want to acknowledge you're really feeling sad. That is going to break down any barrier that any human has. When people acknowledge, they hear you, they hear you. They don't interpret you. They don't blame you. They don't argue with you. They don't say, right. stop worrying. This is anybody who tells any adult or child, stop worrying. Right. Stop that crying. Is just telling him, I discount you. You're not important. I'm not exactly. listening to you. And you're so, you're just, this is terrible. Exactly. Don't judge them. Don't criticize. Don't you like it? Don't get so excited. Don't get so upset. Why? You're upset? What's behind it? I always tell parents that line that our parents used used to hear parents say, you know, don't cry or I'll give you a reason to cry. I always tell parents they have a reason to cry because they're crying. It might not be a reason you approve of. It might not be a reason you like. But it's still a reason, you know? Exactly. And what does it matter? I mean, it does matter. I mean, to find out that somebody bullied your kid at school, that somebody might have molested your child, that somebody might have smacked your kid, that somebody might have started some rumor about your child. You need to know why, because that sadness or whatever is going on, that loss or that fear or whatever, where does that fear come from? I still want to turn the lights off at night. Why? Nothing, nothing, mom, nothing. And the kid might not even realize that it had been in a situation that created some fear for them. But I, what I don't like about that, I'll give you a reason to cry. It's almost like you're threatening the child that you're going right. to hurt them. Exactly. Why would you say that? That's in terrible. other words, I'll just spank you and then you'll feel badly and you'll yeah, hurt and child, then you have a reason. That's emotional child. That's, it's that's terrible. terrible. That's and terrible. it stifles emotion and eventually that child will not, talk about any emotions anymore because you have cut them down you know but it's just the same way people treat parents like they're a machine they're not a human first so you're a human being with emotions how many people ask parents well, what do you need what can i help you with no right. you should be doing this you should be doing that why are you complaining about that you didn't do that i mean people feel criticized all the time and they feel blamed they don't feel like oh my god is somebody actually listening to me so practicing what you're doing with your children will bring up things to the parents. Well, nobody's listening to me, but this is my job as a parent. And I need to go back and find people who listen to me because if I don't have anybody who listens to me. Okay. That I'm isolated. Right. And I can feel sad and I can feel discounted and everything else and everything else. People say, Oh, it's nothing. Go take a bath. Your kid has that problem. <laughs> It'll go away. I've seen it before. It's like, are you listening to me? You know, and people need to keep asking people, I need you to listen to me and I need you to. So with kids, it's helping them express their emotions in a way, affirming those emotions. I hear that you're sad. I hear that you really um, feel lonely. You feel like you have no friends. I hear you. That's a lot. But you don't want to say, I'm going to sweep it on the right. So I think you can get through it. The last part is always, the affirmation that you are strong enough to get through it. What do you want to do? Now, the younger kids need help coming up with solutions. The right. adolescent might say, you know, I'm not going to talk to that person. I'm going to block them on my social media. That's it. They've been negative. They've been hostile to me. I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. You know, and nobody's defending me or whatever. It's like, well, that sounds good. 
what are you going to do? I mean, a teenager can't help come up with a solution. Right. A four-year-old's just sitting there crying and, and you know, they, they don't even understand, you know, they, they have, they don't have the words to express right. it. An eight-year-old might be saying, yeah, you know, they're, they're afraid to do something and they might need the support, but you want to affirm with them, you have these feelings, I'm acknowledging them. Okay. You have a right to them. And what are they really? Because just saying, I'm pissed off is not good. You need to find out what's going on underneath that. Affirming that they exist and that you're strong enough to get through it. You will get better. You will figure out how to solve this. What do you think we should do? Let's come up with some ideas of what you need to do. Because they might have a friend who they need to drop. And they don't know how to drop a friend. And they need a parent to say, you know what? I don't think this person is really listening to you or caring about you. And you keep telling me they're saying these things. You need to not associate with them. And even associate with them means something so different during COVID, right? Because they're not coming to the house. You don't have play dates, right? You right. Know, they're not on your soccer team. You're not even in the classroom with them, except in limited ways, right? On the screen. So, um, you know, and, and many teachers report they didn't notice some kid was bullying and no kid wants to tell them they were bullying or somebody was right. pulling them out. And then and don't, don't tell the teacher because then the teacher will tell the other kid and I'll get retaliated. You know, in a right. high school, it's worse. It is. It's worse. It is. It's like a vicious cycle. But your job is to help protect your child. Your job is also to help build up their self-confidence, which is you will get through this. You know, people say things. You can't change other people, but you can only think change your own behavior. Exactly. And, but you need, with children, you need them not to put themselves in harm's way. If there is a coach or teacher who is being too harsh on them, you as an adult must step in. Yes. You cannot absolutely. expect an eight-year-old to do that. And you need to assure them whatever this is, that you will be standing by them no matter what. Absolutely. Older children say, what is the solution you're going to come up with? And I support you doing that. I know you can find a solution because I might say, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want to think about it. And, you know, my best friend told me that he likes my girlfriend. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he wants to kiss her and take her out. It's like, oh, my God. So, you, you know, complicated relationships, even with young kids, you know, or teenagers exist. Right. You know, I, like, oh, I remember. I remember when my son was in seventh grade and he was sick for a few days and he got to his social studies class or whatever they call that class. And his, they, he just took a test. They wasn't prepared for it, but it was test day. He took the test. He got a C. Most of the kids got C's or D's and the teacher came and he called the entire class, a bunch of losers because they did so poorly on the class. And Kyle came home to tell me that his teacher just called them losers. Let me tell you, I was in that school with a meeting with the principal, the vice principal, and that teacher. And I'm like, I do not call my children names. I certainly don't expect them to come to school and be called names. I mean, that is not okay. You know, and, you know, you need to be there and stand up for your kids because sometimes they're just not strong enough to always do it themselves. And a teacher exactly. could be a bully. Say, I can handle it. I can handle it. Now they're not in school, but bullying can happen over social media. We know. Can. The kids are looking at that thing saying, oh, nobody liked me, or I didn't get enough of this. And they this is a machine. 
this phone and they're valuing their self-worth against this. And I'm like, wow, it's a very powerful tool that people need to shut down sometimes and say, like during a meal, we're not going to do this. And obviously you don't want to discourage your children to have like a, a Zoom party with their friends or or FaceTime with them because they want to be connected, but it could be wrong people. Right. But absolutely, if the school does something to your kid, you got to stand up for your kid. Right. And, Bullying and, and, can and come from anywhere. Yep. It does. It does. I mean, I know a mom or kid had a problem and we got very nervous and he asked the teacher, can I go to the bathroom? She said, no, he peed in his pants. She didn't want him to go to the bathroom. And the mom came to school with his clothes and sat down with the principal and said, you can't do that to my kid. When my kid right. wants to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. Well, some of the people are just, doesn't matter. You let them go to the bathroom. If they stay right. in the bathroom too long or they're not sick, or you can say, hey, what's really going on here? But you're assuming the worst about people? Exactly. When you should you know, be, and, and, you should be the place where they're lifted up, they're empowered, they're encouraged, you know. Exactly, exactly. And parents feel very beaten down. So taking care of yourself is very, very important. It's very hard. How do you nurture your children if you haven't nurtured yourself? Exactly. You don't have to center yourself. You don't have to calm yourself down. You need to go take a walk every day. You need to laugh and smile. You, you People say, I'm going to fall on the sword for my children. In the end, they're worn out. They haven't slept. They have health problems and, and mental health problems and other things. If you're telling your kid, don't ignore those things, you need to practice that yourself. Exactly. And people think, oh, I'm going to sabotage myself and my child. Well, it's just like the pilot. When he says, put on the mask before you help the person next to you, they're saying that because you might be dead before you right. put on the mask on the other person because there's not enough oxygen because you need oxygen. And they're telling you, saving yourself is not being selfish. It's doing self-care. So how can you stay up all night with your kid? How can you help them with their math problem how can you deal with their social um environment their fears about covid your own fears about covid you know schools are open schools are closed you know i mean this is like a bouncing ball yeah Um, now many states are saying they're going to set up new restrictions because thanksgiving's coming and right they're afraid in this country that opened for two days had three cases five cases and closed the next day they can't keep people safe. They can't clean enough. They can't test enough. They right. can't do enough in these environments, putting shields up and being near people and teachers are older and, and they come home and they're going to expose grandma and the parents. This is, there is no easy solution. My kid has to go back to school. Why? We have a pandemic. A hundred years ago, it took three years for the Spanish flu to go away. Three. Yeah. That was a hundred years ago. And only 675,000 people died. Right. Way more than that now. So, you know, um, and everywhere you turn, rural communities, urban communities, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter you know, anymore. New York was really hit as a city. And so, well, that's because all these people are jammed on an island. It's like, you know, now they're having some curfews in New York, I heard. California, you know, we have this tier system by county, in my own county. Nobody can go to school in my own county. Yeah. No way. We're still in the purple. And our numbers are going up. See, right. everybody would do certain things, maybe we could level, you know, again, the curve, flatten it means bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. We're not there yet. No. And look at Spain, Italy, and England. I, they're going to lockdown because their numbers were down and now they're up. And now they're so going up. All over the world, 
they're going down, going up. People are changing their behavior. We don't have a vaccine. Maybe we will have yeah. one. In There's a talk of, of one. Right. It's, you know, and all that stress and anxiety and you you spoke about self-care of the parents, which is so important because you also have to remember your kids are watching you. And exactly. if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you expect them to not take, you know, they can be like, well, you're, you're up till three in the morning, you know, you're not, you know, sleeping, you're yelling and screaming. And, and so and you people have are drinking to more. Yeah. People are drinking Absolutely. more. They're drinking. And they're doing more. all kinds of behaviors. Smoking cigarettes more, drugs and more drugs. Absolutely. I mean, if you had a problem before COVID and people can't <laughs> even get help now, those those problems are exacerbated and people are starting new things. I mean, right. they, you know, they're having uh, social parties with drinking and they maybe they didn't drink that much. And they said, Well, I have to have some kind of relief. I can't go to the movies, I can't go out with my girlfriends. So I'm going to have some wine, you know, and, or I'm going to smoke some marijuana or, you know, it's legal or whatever. It's not legal. And, um, you know, people are getting marijuana delivered to their house. They're getting alcohol delivered to their house. I mean, there were some bars that would deliver drinks. And I'm like, really? Really? Even when the restaurants weren't open in California, I'm like, really? A friend of mine told me there was, and she lives in a small town, not where I live. And I'm like, really? Wow. That's kind of unusual. So, um, but people are human. They can fall into those patterns and they can get out of them. It's just yeah. like planning a meal for your family. Do you think about, um, of course you think about what's the healthiest, you know, sometimes we're going to just have chocolate cake because that sounds good, right? We right. need to celebrate, <laughs> but it's not like you can't have chocolate cake five days, seven days a week, right? Because it's too much fat. Okay. And so everybody knows that they're trying to cook a meal, engage your children, what kind yes. of pizza? Oh, pizza every night? Well, that's not going to work because I'm going to gain 25 pounds, and you're you're going to you're not going to be healthy either. So right. we got to make some choices. Here's the A list. Here's the supplementals, and engage the kids in those decision making. You don't have to take all the pressure. Teach them how to cook. The ones that yes. are older, not for you. I just them did a whole podcast kids. with uh, Chef Gibby to teach kids how to cook and get them involved. It's so. It's so, it's so nurturing for them it? and nurturing. I mean, think about it. When you were growing up, standing around at Thanksgiving time was when my grandma was there and all the women are in the kitchen. Who's Absolutely. What? what are you learning? Generations. Generations together. Um, the heart of the home, you know, the warmth of the kitchen, the, the smells that you take in, the familiar smells, the new smells, you know, now people need gluten-free this and they can't eat that. So what are they going to do about this? And people are coming up with all these creative recipes. I got a list of my daughter and I'm like, I don't think they make these things or gluten-free this, gluten-free that. I mean, it's not part of the Thanksgiving thing, but I'm like, wow, I don't know if I can find that gluten-free crackers. Maybe I can. I don't yeah, eat them. They're there. But, they're there. But, but, but I think that those traditions that you can create also helps to reduce anxiety and acknowledging it and also realizing for some people it's going to get worse and worse, but there's no magic pill. Right. Right. You know, and, and, you know, and, and think, I know we're stuck in the home for many of us. We can't get out. You can have game nights. You can have movie nights, you know, board games. I mean, you know, like play yeah. good board games. Well, one Set of up a puzzle table. Is many, many people are saying they are spending a lot more time with their kids and the kids are enjoying this. Now, the parents might be stressed because they're spending so much time with the kids. I get it. But the kids are really enjoying it. It's like, there's so many professionals are on a plane or they're in a meeting to eight o'clock. Right. They come exactly. home, their kids, 
their little kids are asleep. They don't have older kids who might be up. And they're saying, I'm working so much. I never even saw my kids in the weekend. Or I was on a plane and I got stuck in another city and couldn't even come home. And, you know, people are saying that my job doesn't require me to do that. And I'm not doing that. And I'm at home more. So people are having more meals together, more game nights together, trying to find ways um, to be together as a family To I mean, these kids like made some kind of tennis thing in their basement, you know, and they were hitting a ball back and forth. And the parents said, just make sure you don't get the basement didn't have anything to knock down. And really be creative. You know, if you, if, you know, in the summer, people were building tents outside and take stuff in the house. I don't care if it's the sheets and build yourself a fort or something. Really to ask kids to be creative. These are um, different times. Okay. So when you go on a walk, use mindfulness to say, okay, everybody's going to identify something new on a walk. You know, take in the sounds, the sights the birds, the trees, you know, the fall leaves are up. Now the fall leaves are dropping everywhere, depending right. on where you live, right? And, you know, it's getting colder and brisker and, you know, noticing somebody decorated their house for the holidays, noticing, you know, different things in the neighborhood you didn't perform. I and mean, I've had people wave at me. I don't even know they lived in my yeah. neighborhood. I'm like, what? Nice. They're waving, you know. You can have scavenger hunts for little kids, you know, so they can find things. Exactly. And you really need to get your older kids helping you with the younger kids. Parents who have very big families, you know, I'm not, you need to get everybody involved. And so that the older kids are not discounted. So the things that they might be able to do with you stay up late versus the little kids can't in a family that has a wide range of children or how, how you can help, how you can empower your older children to be mentors leaders with your younger children this is the time to do it and say absolutely I need, I need help you know you guys are in school from 8 to 2 30 there's no after school programs right or whatever you can do online maybe they have an instrument and they can practice and things like that but i'm at work eight seven okay so you know I, i've got to be in meetings i've got to be this and that and this is how it rolls and i i have some break and i think employers are trying to be respectful of the fact that parents are yeah. at home with kids There's, they don't they can't afford somebody else to watch their kids right so they're working for you and they're at home as long as they're productive all of our employees are home except one and um you know they're productive um you know okay their kid walks in during the meeting okay it's not a major thing and they said well you know i'm in a meeting honey i'll talk to you in a half hour what is it are you you know are you i used to say to my kids are you bleeding or you need to go to the hospital neither right. then bother me <laughs> okay i'm working i'm doing something else but i think we all have to let up a little bit even on the learning so the distance learning accepting that some kids are not going to learn this way right and, and it's a challenge online. it's not the same as the classroom recognize okay. That a child can't sit eight hours in front of a computer like they can sit eight hours in a classroom. Exactly. I have a lot of parents that are like, well, why can't they sit there? They do that when they're in school. No, they don't. They don't sit in front of a computer. They have social things going on. They're talking. They're, they're the doing projects. They're working in small groups. They're doing right. projects. I heard a kid say, mom, we do get recess. You know, we do get breaks. You know, <laughs> It's not like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's not like really, truly how school is. And I think that 
And I think there are resentments, you know, parents think the teacher should be doing more, teachers feel the parents need to be doing more. If you're doing this pod school where the teacher is not available Monday and Wednesday because right. with one group and then with your kids Tuesday and Thursday and Monday, your kid's having a meltdown. You're like, well, I, I can't do this. I can't do this algebra and I can't help them. And um, I think we're going to have to accept that there are going to be um, learning deficits going on. And there will be a period of catch up depending on the age of the child and the child and they will catch up later on. You know, it's like saying most kids will read by pretty fluently by third grade. Some kids get it in kindergarten, first grade like this. They can read word. They have sight, sight words. You know, they just get it. Other kids right. take a little longer, They'll a little get longer. It. Right. And you know, I know people are talking about kids with special needs, how tough it is for them. They can't even right. attend on their um but then when you're talking about bringing them into the school, those are the kids that touch, hug, don't have physical boundaries and maybe creating right. a, might be drooling or sneezing and not realizing what they're doing because exactly. of the challenges, the physical challenges they have. And those might be, I mean, they're talking about, well, they're the most need. We need to get them back in. And the teachers are saying, um, yeah. are you giving me a full suit up, you know, right. so that I can be near this kid and then I have to come home. So we do not have easy answers. I mean, many yeah, they're responders not were staying in hotels, having other people watch their children. Um, but the person working at CVS, Dwayne Reed, um, Target, nobody's watching their kids. Right. They're making the lowest wages, trying to make a living. They don't have a choice. They got they got to put. They got to go to work. Right. They got to go to work. And there are many people working a factory, um, working a plant. Um, the, the the tools are not at home. But I think. Right. The employers who can keep their employees at home need to really celebrate what sacrifices people are making. And, um, you know, what I'm saddened about is when people pit teachers against parents and parents against you. Yeah, they're not perfect parents and they're not perfect teachers. Exactly. And you it's got to like be that a teamwork kind of attitude. I remember you know? my son, some girl was picking on him and I went to the teacher and the next day she moved. And then she talked inappropriately about the girl. I said, you need to stop now because that's confidential information. I don't even know anything about this girl, okay? Right. I'm telling you, she's doing this behavior. You need to deal with her, okay? The next day, my son came home and said, she moved me, mom. So she moved me across the room. Everybody wanted to know what did I do wrong? <laughs> I'm like, I had to go back in and talk to her too and say, do you realize you just punished my son and not dealt with his child? I'm sure she wasn't just picking on my son. She might've been picking on other children. You need to deal with her. Well, she's got a terrible home. I said, stop now. I don't need to know anything about her. That's your issue. That's you're the department. teacher. You're, supposed, you're not supposed to talk to me about these people's background and families. I mean, they don't know confidentiality. Understand it. You know, I'm a therapist. I know all about that. Don't be talking to me about people. I don't acknowledge if I know them or whatever. But I think that there's a lot to learn here. And the pressure is really on. And, you know, um, some of the teachers unions were saying, you know, we've got kids too. It's like, you know, I've got employees who have kids and I have employees who don't have kids. They're not treated any differently. Can you do this job? This is what the job is. If you can't do this job, maybe we can find you another job. Maybe you need to reduce your hours, but this is the job that everybody's doing that everybody's getting paid for kids or not. Right. And that's really tough. Um, again, I think the person at CVS who says, I'm getting exposed to all you people, but my kids can't go to school with you. Right. So right. I'm getting exposed to you, but you won't be exposed That's okay. to my children. Right. And I think that you know, is... we really have to encourage everybody to, you know, do their best. 
I mean, just kids, you know, do your best. The outcome's the outcome, but keep doing your best. And if we need to tweak things, we can. Same with parents. You have to give yourself grace. You know, we're all trying to do our best. I hope we're all trying to do our best with a difficult situation. And some people, um, like you and I have talked about, who have other family members struggling and they're helping out, they need to sometimes put aside their feelings towards that family member who has not been able to do what they needed to do if you're stepping in. And if you are doing graciously stepping in, you need to you need to deal with those feelings you have, but not put it out on the kids. Oh, your mom's really blah, blah, blah. And that's why I'm right. like, no, 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 no. If you're going to be there to help out or be the caregiver now or whatever, because mom or dad cannot, which you and I've talked about, right. then you need to do that with you said with grace, graciously. And you still need to deal, you can still be upset with that relative, that child, that adult child or whatever, and say, you know, I'm, you know, why couldn't you have done this or whatever? And you can explore that as a feeling, but you need to do that between each other, not with the children. Right. So exactly. It's not the children's the problem. The children it's need like the help. People they get need. divorced. And um there's a lot of hard feelings and maybe it's not an amicable divorce, but if you suck the children into that, you're destroying their relationship with each exactly. other's parents. And if it's your relationship as adults, you need to deal with that relationship. It's hard to do. Who doesn't it is hard. some crap that they shouldn't say? What are we perfect? We're not a bunch of machines. We're humans. We're going to say, oh, God damn it. And you can say, well, you said don't to cuss mom. It's like, right. Exactly. <laughs> maybe we need a cuss cussing box because I'm not perfect and we'll raffle off the dollar I put in there and if you do money you can put a dollar but these kids don't have money so we as parents I think realizing that we can do so much in the nurturing of children we first are nurturing ourselves that that is what fills our hearts not that you know work is good or bad work can be good or bad you know relationships can be good or bad but us as parents whether they're mom, dad, grandma, auntie, or whoever, um, in a caregiving role, that we get a lot from that. We need to cherish that relationship and also realize it's not perfect. And say to kids, hey, I effed up. You know, I told you this and that, and then I did the exact opposite, you right. know? Yeah, I mean, that making it you know, clear I, I really to your listen kids to you. that you, you know, can make say, mistakes, you know? Yeah. And setting those kinds of limits. Go on. Right. So people said, I know people living with adult children now. So I don't know where these kids go. And I'm like, excuse me? They're not even kids, they're adults. And they're getting exposed to the people they're exposed to. And they're worried. And I said, well, it's your home. So um, did you set any limits for them, whether they're adults or children? Um, and they said, no, no, I didn't. You know, they have nowhere to go. It's like, it's still your home. You need to set some limits. And, you know, for every adolescent who knows what the parameters are, what the limits are, it helps them. And the same thing with an adult. Because I hear parents all the time complaining about the adult children live with them, make a mess. They're never leaving. I said, well, right. you know, maybe you made it so comfortable with them. They're not leaving. They're not even paying you rent. Uh, oh, yeah. I told them they have to work or go to school. Well, they're working a little bit. I'm like, yeah, well, because they're mooching off you. And I'm thinking like, and they're, they're almost 30 right now. And I'm thinking like, okay, one of the roles as parents is to help kids grow up so they can be set free. The economy sucks. Exactly. I understand that. People live together for a variety of reasons, but the way in which they live together is really important. Have you set Absolutely. parameters to act like an adult? Like you have to pay some rent. 
you have to, um, I'm not here to babysit your kid. They're your kids and I'm here to be grandma. And when I decide what grandma means or grandpa means, then I'll say, you know, every Saturday night, every two weeks, go out, do something fun, go out is hard now, but you know, um, and I'll take care of your kids if you decide right. to do that. But I've had many grandparents, they take care of those kids 24 seven, people are in graduate school, medical school, whatever, and they feel totally unappreciated. They were totally taken advantage, no COVID or not, you know? Right, totally right. Advantage. I said, did you tell your own children you feel taken advantage? Oh no, I don't want to tell them that. I'm like, they're grown adults. Yes. Why not? And again, these relationships continue into your kids' adulthood where people don't want to be honest about their feelings, don't want to set on boundaries, and all they do is walk around wounded. Right. And you're not doing them any favors when you do that. You know, you're not, well, I want them to be happy, you know, whatever. You're not, you're doing them a disservice, actually. Right. Because they're expecting every, and yourself, right. Because they're expecting everything to always go their way. Well, you know, here in life, things don't go your way all the time, you know, and you have to know how to deal with it. Well, and and the question is, how do you define your role as a parent? I feel my role as a parent is to nurture and love my children and to help them grow up to be productive, responsible, caring adults. Exactly. Which means, yes, there may be times they have to live with me or they need my help financially or emotionally. They call me up. They're upset about something. I'm here for them. But the question is, what have I done to help them feel responsible, like you're saying? to take on the role of being an adult, which may fall into being a parent themselves sooner than they think or plan when they do or whatever. So, I mean, I think that, and choices aren't there. I mean, kids are in high school saying, well, am I going to bother with college? Is there real college? I mean, kids at 18 right now are saying like, what is this world like for me? Are people getting out of college? Can't even find a job, you know? And they say, I gotta go home and live with my parents because I don't have any income. And what those relationships are and sitting down and deciding what they are and telling your kids what you expect from them. And they should be able to say, here's what I expect from you, you know, because they're not a one-way street, you know, right? Exactly. parents feel like, oh, just fall on the sword. They need me, they need money, they need this and that and that and this, this woman called the helpline. And she said her husband was giving her kid money and he was buying drugs with it. And the mother was going to the father saying, stop giving him money because he's buying drugs. Oh, no, he's not. You're you don't know. Yeah, I do know he's buying drugs and you're buying him a car and this, that, and the other. He's not doing anything we told him to do. Get a job, go to school, be responsible, not doing anything. And the two parents are not in agreement. They're in, one's in denial. One's saying to the other one, excuse me, what are you doing? And that's a very tough situation to be in. Yeah, and that kid will play him the whole way. Exactly. Exactly. They know. And that's when you, you, you need to educate the other parent. Some people are raised in families where they don't talk about their emotions. So this idea about talking to feelings, I just tell them, just don't worry, don't worry. It's fine. It's going to be fine. And then they walk away. But you wouldn't want anybody to do that to you, would you? If you're really struggling with something, you want them to just patch on the back. Oh, it's okay. You, you'll go right. away. walk away from you because you're not doing anything to help them. And whether it's men or women, you know, it's some people say, well, in my family, nobody expressed, you know, we're Italian, we're this, we're that. And, um, you know, and we never talked about those things. You're supposed to be silent. Okay, great. How are you feeling? Unhappy. (laughs) Whatever your childhood was, how do you feel right now? Are you happy? Or do you feel 
there's a future? Do you feel that you're doing right by your children? Because most people would say, no, I blew up and it wasn't right. They didn't right. know what to do. You know, they're running around with a guy 10 years older than them. I don't know how to stop her without losing her. Well, maybe you already lost her and maybe right. she's in danger and she's only a minor. Well, that could be statutory rape. Are you prepared to go to the police? You know, depending on where you live, there's a lot of complications. It's not simple, you know, um, and um, people who leave um, their prescription drugs out and then they realize that somebody's been using their opiates. Okay. People need to lock up drugs and why you have alcohol out? Oh, I told the kids don't drink it. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like the kid saying, you know, oh, we have a gun in the house, but we didn't lock it up. So like, yeah. you're asking for trouble. So exactly. I think parents need to act like the adults they are and really deal with, and your own childhood might've taught you something different. You might've said, well, this is how my mother acted and my dad acted. Well, how do you feel now about what you want to do? And most people say, no, I want to do better by my children. I want them to be happy. I want them to feel safe. I want to feel happy and safe. And, you know, things that people have to do, they need to make a commitment to do. It's not easy. Absolutely. You have to stick to it. You have to be consistent with what you have to follow through. When my kids all learned to drive and they, we got them used cars, their job was to have a job pay their gas except for one tank and pay a hundred dollars of their insurance every month. If that didn't happen, I gave you three months to get back on track. Three strikes you're out. One of my kids, they lost their job three months, did nothing, called the, uh, the donation company. They came, they got the car gone. There, there was no, and I said, okay, there's your first month. Let's get on the ball here. It was, it was a contract that we made with our five children and it was followed through if it didn't happen. I mean, that was what we asked. The most responsible thing you can have is a child in an automobile, you know? And if that child's not responsible, it's like, like you say, it's carrying a gun. Exactly. You know, exactly. and you got to follow through and teach them. And I think that when parents say that expression, I just want to be friends with my kids. It's like, yeah. no. You know, no. you, you signed up to be mother for life. You signed up to be father for life. Little children need different things. 30-year-olds need other things. Teenagers exactly. this and that. We'll be parents till the day we die. That doesn't change. And I think that um, it's a choice you made. Now, some people might get pregnant and they didn't plan it, but they made a choice. And embracing that role, you know, um, people struggle with a lot of things. And everything's not perfect. And maybe they keep trying it. I mean, I've known parents who went and they went to Parents Anonymous. They kind of redid their life. They got pregnant. They hadn't talked to their kid in seven or eight years. Kid's an adult. And they said, oh, no, I'm going to reestablish my relationship with my daughter and son. And now they're all living together. She had a set of twins two years ago. And she has two adult children. They all live together five. And she said, I'm mending my relationship with my daughter and son. I ignored them. I used drugs. I was on the street. And I got pregnant in this unusual situation. And then I realized that I need to get clean and sober permanently. And that's why going to parents' Thomas every week helps me. And I need to reconnect with them. And she did. Even though she said, I, did, I, did, I, I didn't do anything for them for seven years. They were on their own. They were with their dad. Or they were in foster home. Or they were with grandma or somewhere. I did. I did not do good. But I'm different now. I'm different good. now. And I can do it. And 
people can mend. People can. Yes, they can. It's not, I, I, I'm always hope, you know, drugs are relentless. Addiction is very hard to get over. People relapse constantly. That's why it's called an addiction. Right. I always get get asked, is it too late? It's never too late, guys. Never too late. It is never. Now, you may change and your children may have become adults or whatever, and they don't want to have a relationship with you because of what happened in the past. And you might have to accept that, but you can still change. You can still change yourself. You know, you can still make a difference in yourself, whether or not those other people in the family will accept you. Maybe they will and maybe they won't, but that's not the reason you're doing it. You're doing it because you need to do it. You might need to make amends with them. They don't want you in their life and you might have to accept that. Absolutely. You know? And um, that's just, but that's not a reason not to change, right? No, that's right. And even, it, it, you, you know, it was it so for you. hard to change. It was so hard to become the person you don't want to be either. That wasn't like, you know, that wasn't easy. Up one day said, well, I'm going to start drinking. No, people talk about like nipping the bottle at 13 and sneaking this and sneaking that and going to parties. And they realized in college, they were drinking all the time, but you know, they had a job and then they realized, no, they weren't functioning. I mean, these things did not happen like it, they have a time. That's right. And to undo them, that's why they call them addictions. They that's not going to undo overnight. And you feel judged and people say, oh, I don't want to tell my mom that my husband is abusive to me. Okay. Like domestic violence. That she'll um, tell me to either suck it up or why did you marry him? I didn't like him to begin with. Either way, you're blamed. Right. Right. So my, some people don't believe in divorce. Right. So some families just every man cheats. It's okay. It's like, right. It's all just not okay. Right. Right. And generations of people are talking about that. And it's like, no, somebody has to choose to stop that cycle and say, for me, it's not right for you. It's okay. So what's good for others or people don't want to change is different, but with your kids, what's good for you, tuning into them, staying on the feeling issue, acknowledging their feelings is not telling people to change it. And also being aware when it gets too much. Like, is your kid losing a bunch of weight? Right. Are they they not at all? They're stressing. They might have an eating disorder. I mean, they say, oh, why aren't you eating? I'm fat. And you know they're not fat. Well, that's your immediate warning sign. Okay. And mostly Caucasian middle-class girls have eating disorders, which you can die from. That's right. what the science says. Okay. There's a lot. They so might be wearing a bunch of sweatshirts that you don't know, but you know, if you're sitting at the table, they're not eating. Okay. And that's another thing, you know, having more meals together so you can observe kids, you can listen to them, go listen to their music, even if you think it's obnoxious, yeah. you know, what are they into? How do you know what they're into? Um, my son loved uh, um, the Power Rangers, the, the Ninja yeah. Turtles, and yeah. well, he was like 10 or 11 then. I yeah, mine too. Stand in line to get him one for a birthday. And I go, why do you like this one? Oh, mom, he has this power and he has that right. power. He, he felt so... He could tell me the stuff. It's like whatever tainted it or not, it didn't matter. Somebody was listening. Right. I mean, and my son's been into judging. video games his whole life. And when he was little, you know, I would go into his room and I'd be like, why do you like this video game so much? And he would tell me and he would teach me how to do it. And, you know, start getting connecting with what they like, even if it's a commercial, even if you're watching TV and they start laughing about a commercial, talk about it. Start the connection there. It doesn't have to be, 
always let's have a serious talk. Start connecting wherever you can. Start well, they did a study once and they asked parents, how much time do you spend with your child in a week that isn't get your homework done, get dressed, brush your teeth, go to bed, turn the light off, stop watching TV, come to the dinner table. It's all orders. Right. When you finish with the orders, okay, what is the quality time you're spending them that is fun, that is light, that you're listening to them about their feelings? And it turned out to be a very, parents were... I, I don't know if I did that today. I mean, to even add it up in a week. Well, you know, I picked them up. I raced them to practice. I didn't. And now we're not even racing them to practice. Right. I mean, that's the other thing. These kids don't have any outlets. Yeah, you know, exactly. Some things you can do online. Can you do piano lessons online? Yeah, you can try. Um, you know, can you continue to be on a sports team online? I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Training at home. But the things that kids work in groups, Okay, which take contact and everything don't exist, whether they, but you can find new interests. Like, what are you interested in? I mean, right. it's drawing, drawing, cooking, building something. If you don't know how to do it, you can Google it. Right. Or you can maybe find a relative who knows how to do that, who might want to interact with the child over the internet to get their interests because they have the same interests. It's amazing who you can ask and people feel so good, especially seniors in your family or in your communities. I'd love to show them how to do that. Maybe you and your child want to learn a new skill together, you know, instead of just be by yourself. And, you know, there's so many things you can do that's, you know, that's a little different, you know, and say your child wants to grow up to be a policeman well, this is a great time to start investigating how you get to be a policeman. See if a policeman will talk to you, see what they went through. They want to be a vet. What does it take to be a vet? You know, search that out with them. They Kids at all ages talk about what they want to be when they grow up. You know, that's a great thing to do with your child is investigate how you get to be there. Exactly. And I think that helps. I think it's a great point because it helps you think about the future instead of the present, how we're going to cope with COVID. Of course, we're dealing right. with that daily. But you're talking about having people think about the future. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to study in high school? Like, you have to pick a language. Have you ever thought about, like, how do you know what Portuguese talk? Maybe your school doesn't even have that. But maybe you have an interest in something that you can go and learn yourself. There's so many YouTube videos and other things. Yes about learning things and doing them together, I think is a great suggestion. Um, and, you know, and encouraging them. Some kids will say, I don't, I don't there's nothing I want to do. <laughs> you know, or, nothing's going on, this, that, and the other. I don't know, I'm, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. And you just got to keep helping them explore those things. And sometimes so it's a matter of asking your child to help you. You know, you could be like, you know what? I really want to learn to be a better cook. I'm going to be, you know, looking at recipes and talking and listening to chefs. Would you like to join me and help me? I'd love to have like an assistant chef by my side. You know, sometimes you invite them to help you. I told both my kids that, um, well, that I'm going to teach you how to cook, you know, when they were ready, you know, they were in college when they were ready. And I, I say to my son, like, this is a very attractive characteristic to have every girl you you date will love the fact that you like to cook I mean every person 
every person and absolutely a, woman, a female or male will really oh my god you can cook that's great i don't know how to cook and whether you're a guy or a girl i think that's something um and again you're talking about cooking is really i mean it's culturally based it's um it's history of your family it's um smells good it feeds the soul it fills your tummy it has a lot of benefits a lot know? of skills math there's a lot of math involved measurements following instructions being creative because sometimes you don't have an ingredient and you can think of some other way to, you know, to make a meal. Sometimes you can just say, you know what? I have these four ingredients. I did that the other night. I had onion, sausage, spinach, and mushrooms, I think. And I just grilled them up all together. Oh, carrots. I shaved some carrots and the flavors were great. You know, the sweetness of the carrots. It was it was the spicy sausage, spiciness of sausage. You know, be creative. See what you come up with. And ask your kids to help and ask for their ideas. Kids have crazy good ideas. I know. I you know. know. I, I think that we, they're an untapped, you need to see your kids as an untapped resource. Exactly. Because people think, well, I'm the one giving to them all the time. No, because, you know, when they come up with that cute stuff and they say, do this or do that, or I came up with this recipe or this, that, and the other, and, you know, I want to try this. You're just so thrilled. Right. And whenever they ask to help, please let them help. Every child at every age can help. Even a two-year-old can help stir something, whether it's cooking, whether it's cleaning, because if you keep saying, no, 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 go play, they'll stop asking you to help. And then when you want them to help, they won't be there. Exactly. And I think setting that parameters in my house, the people who cooked did not clean. And everybody didn't clean. Who didn't cook, they don't do the cleaning. And the same verse vice. It's like respecting that the first person cooked. But doing that together, I think is great. Yeah. You know what? It's almost one o'clock for me. Yeah, we got to go. So can you um tell people about your helpline, yeah. how they can reach out to you? So 1-855-427-2736 is the National Parent Helpline. If you live in California or are concerned about children or relatives in California, you can push one and you can go to our website, parentsanonymous.org or and caparentyouthhelpline.org. has lots of resources on there. You can sign up for a newsletter. Even if you don't live in California, you can live chat, you can text. So for Californians, we have a special initiative with support of Governor Newsom and um, first partner Jennifer Seibel Newsom, which hopefully we will extend beyond December 31st, because right now we don't have funding beyond December 31st. So we were we proposed this first responder system for families during COVID, and, but COVID is raging so we need to continue. We, we can't just um, say goodbye to it. It's just, this is not going to happen. It's too much going on. And the impact on, uh, the long-term impact on families emotionally, parents, children, and youth, we don't even understand. So we need to be there for people at all times. And if we're, we're busy, leave a message. You can send us an email. You can donate directly to us on the donate button on the California Parent Youth Helpline. You follow us on social media. It's Parents Anon. Um, and it's the helpline. And if you Google that, we're the first one that comes up. We have Google ads, you know, um, find strength in numbers. Um, start with these. We have all kinds of slogans that parents and youth have come up with. We also have testimonials on our website. You can listen to other parents who came. And in California, you can sign up for online free support groups. 
We exist in some other states also, and you can find that on our Parents Anonymous website where you might be able to get into one of their um, online groups because mostly we're doing things online. And, and don't forget, guys, reaching out for help is a sign of strength. It's not exactly. a sign of weakness. And, you know, if you want to even help by donating money and you're like, well, I don't have a lot of money, donate a dollar, donate five. Can you imagine if everybody in the country donated to their cause a dollar, five dollars? 64, 64 million children in America. Yep. If we had a dollar, we'd have for every child. For every child, we'd have a hundred support groups a week, free for everybody. We'd have nobody on a waiting list. We have 500 parents and kids in California alone sitting on a waiting list. We don't have enough space for them because we don't have enough funding to hire more trained counselors to facilitate the groups. Okay. And so it's free to the parents. We don't charge parents and kids for our services. We try to get the government and the policymakers who are supposed to care about the parents and kids and our new president and president, uh, you know, and vice president elect. All these people, it's like, what systems do you have in place? Right. We're the only, we've been the only parent, national parent help fund since 1974. We don't have any funding for that. Yeah. We are putting that together with chewing gum. Right. And it will. We have people call back. But in California, we have eight to eight, seven days a week um, that we have a special initiative. But again, the government doesn't see the importance of families. The schools are, are, are calling us off the hook. The parents are calling us. They're all upset. You know, we're sending them to you, Dr. Lisa. It's like, okay, we'll take as many yep. calls as we can, but we need to hire more people to take more calls. So you know, speak up, guys. Speak up to your government leaders. Speak up yes. to your community leaders. Send speak an email up. to Governor Newsom. And actually, on our website, um, first partner, Jennifer Seibel Newsom, believes so much in the health plan on September 22nd. She's a mother of four, and she talks about being a mother. You deserve Call the helpline, call the helpline. Parents and Amnesty is there for you. And she did a great PSA and it's on our website. And there are resources. You can always go on the website, download any suggestions, ideas for nurturing, um, how to address racism with your child and other things. And you can also submit testimonial stories yourself. If you call the helpline, tell us how your experience was. We want to hear from you because parents are the essence of what we do. We have a parent leadership team. We don't do anything without parents. Absolutely. And Dr. Lisa, I'm so glad you came on. I know uh, my audience is thrilled to hear all the exceptional advice that you gave them in this time that we all need advice. And I hope you guys do reach out for help if you need it. And remember, it is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of a lot of strength. So reach out if you need help to Dr. Lisa, to me, whoever you, you have that you can reach out to get help. And, you know, you might be surprised what lies on the other end of help. So you guys, I'm going to let Dr. Lisa go. She's busy. I'm so grateful you took the time to come on with, with me and talk about all this and guys visit her website, find out more, look at the resources that she has. And as always, guys, I'm thankful thankful that you have come to Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and taken a listen to yet another episode. As always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter. It really is the best medicine. And I'll see you here next time at the next episode of Pumped Up Parenting. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Be sure to head over to pumpeduppparenting.com to grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, good news, now there is. You can pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, my newest release on Amazon today. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone can blossom from. Have yourself a really fun day. Bye-bye.